this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and I'm here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Parkin. How's your week been, mate? Uh, looking forward to a big 150-year birthday celebration this weekend. Yeah, good evening, gents. Yeah, it's been. I've had a good week. I've been up in the in the Lake District for a few days. Uh, I could have swam round it. I think it was that <laughs> wet, but it was. It's still a beautiful part of the world, isn't it? It's, it was nice. To, just to get away for a few days, away from the mundane everyday stuff. It was a nice break. Lack of lack of Wi-Fi wasn't great, I'll be honest. But they're first world problems. But yeah, other than that, and, and just to let everybody know again, I'm not I'm not winking at everybody. I, I, my eyes not working. So if if you think I'm just winking at the camera all the time, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm not. But yeah, other than that, yeah, it's been it's been good. I, I'm still still a little bit jealous. I didn't get to go to to France and and Spain this year, and it looks like everybody had a good laugh. So. Yeah, but other than that, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Sunday should be a should be a bit of an epic day, really. Yeah, Paul Parking trying to take Paul Whiteside's crown as everyone's favourite with a cheeky wink every so often. That's good. Also, join us. We've got Paul Whiteside fresh from his journey to France and back. How was it, mate? Yeah, hey, Rob, hey, Paul. Yeah, it was good. It was. We flew to um, flew sorry to to Spain to Girona on uh, Friday morning. Then we got the train then to. Uh, to Perpignan, stayed in Perpignan. It was really good. It was a good trip. We stayed in it was a little campsite actually, about two miles from the Gilbert Bruter Stadium. It was like a little, it was like a pod, like a static sort of caravan thing. So it was cheap and cheerful in there. But they had a swimming pool on the campsite, so we spent all day sat just in the pool because it was boiling. So and then just got a taxi to the match. So it was dead chilled out, dead relaxed. And then obviously the game wasn't great, but we had a really fun time. Me and my dad in, in, in Imogen and uh, yeah, good road trip and. Uh, yeah, we had a good laugh and yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah, my daughter got christened on Saturday, on Sunday, so that's why I didn't go to France. But we had the rehearsal on Saturday afternoon, evening time when the match was kicking off. So I was sat in church asking asking the big man upstairs for a for a favour to try and get the result we needed. Got to maybe twenty past six, and I come out of the the church, checked my phone, it was nil nil, and I thought. Here we go. But what we've weathered the storm. Might be on this. Jumped to my car, had to run an errand. Got back in me got back to the car after the errand, checked my phone, sweat two 0 down. I was like, oh, should have stayed in church, Paul. <laughs> they did, they defended well for that first twenty minutes, but they didn't have any ball. It was just mm. all us defending and uh, yeah, eventually they, they broke us down with I think three tries from, from kicks early doors. But uh, but yeah, it was it wasn't a night to remember really. Yeah, so we'll have a look back at that game. We've got all the news coming out of the club this week, and then we'll preview uh, the game against Settlers on Sunday. So we'll look back at the, the Catalan game now. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, so for the Devils were defeated 42 0 against uh, Catalan. Uh, away from home, Paul. I watched it on RDTV today. You went to France. Thoughts? Um, I thought they, they put a good effort in uh, in the first half. I thought we we, we worked hard. It was boiling hot conditions, and we were we were up against it. We, we, the King Iowa situation didn't help, and to go to Catalan with eighteen players, which is all we had, and the the lack of forwards as well. 
was short on numbers. You got no Mark Sneed, you got no Tim Lafayette as well. They're a big miss. I'm gonna go on about injuries, but I think I think we were doing it tough. We were, we were low on numbers and whatever. So yeah, I don't think there was a lack of effort from the players. I just think we were, we were beaten by the better side. Sometimes you got to hold your hand up. Catalans were good. We defended really well for that first 20 minutes. They scored a couple of tries from from kick throughs. We were still in the game up until half time, and then Brody Croft knocked on at the scrum, and and they scored from that. And for me, that was it. Then it was game over. But we didn't chuck the towel in. We kept on going. It was disappointing that we didn't score, but. You watched the game, Rob. You better tell me how many sets of six we had on, on the Catalan line. It wasn't many. No. I think maybe two, two opportunities, something like that. We had, we had no possession whatsoever, and and it was like men against boys. To me, it was like a championship side going there in the cup. Really, they're a good team though. They're a big team, big pack of forwards, and they just dominated us. And if you look back on the, these five defeats we've been on now, we, we've been dominating the forwards every week. And another thing, I, I said it to Kurt Agatti and. I don't think he liked like me saying it really, but I'm going to say it again because it's he needs saying penalties. We're getting absolutely tanned in the penalty count every week. Yep. Eight two, I think it was ten two the week before. So it's all right, Kurt saying don't want to talk about it, but you need to talk about it because you're not going to win a match when you're getting absolutely smashed in the penalty count and the six agains as well. So there's something not not right there at the moment, and I can't quite put my finger on it. But there seems like there's a bit of unrest in the camp. Yeah, we we we'll. we'll... You'll hear that in in Paul's interview in about five minutes. You could you could see Agus's big white eyes come out when you mentioned penalty counts. But I've, I've got to agree with you. I think the penalty count, the six against, just just like you say, it just piggybacks Catalan up the pitch in in part moments. It was errors as well. I thought to be fair, I want to sort of split them into two. It was. I want to call them positive errors where we're attacking and we're trying to find something or make something happen. We just build the ball. But there was also errors of like round the round the rook knocking on and things like that. And it's like you can't keep turning sort of the ball over, can you? Against a big Catalan team in that heat, it's just it's just asking for trouble, really. And that's what they did. Like you said, Paul, they defended so well, I thought they absorbed a lot. But like anything, you, you can't go on forever like that. The dam will burst, and it did. Yeah, it, it, for me, it was, it was like, it was like we've we've gone over there and written the game off for me, mm. and it was like damage limitation. We know we're not going to win this game. Let's just go and sort of go, not go through the motions, but let's let's not get beat by fifth. Let's just try and keep the score down. Reminded me a bit of game sort of twenty years ago. The early 2000s when we sort of went to grounds like St. Helens and Wigan and yeah, just keep it down. We'll, we're targeting the week after. We've got an home game against Wakefield the week after. We'll beat them. And it seemed a bit like that. I, I didn't expect us to win the game, Rob. I must admit. And when I saw the team put out, we, we're struggling. I, I put it in the preview this week. You, you look back to the Shane Wright injury. And since he got injured, we our defence, it's not right. The, the pack's not right. You're missing Watkins as well. You can't play without back rowers. And that, and, and the big defenders as well. These these do a lot of tackling, and then you lose Tyler Dupree like the Dupree situation. Why sell Tyler Dupree the week before you got to Catalan? Why don't they sell him the week after? It was another body to take with us. So I, I didn't get that. You, you're talking Dupree, Bunny Ayua, Watkins, Shane Wright. They're four big men out of your pack. We, you can't play Catalan. We, I mean, look at Ben Elliwell, best will in the world, runs his socks off. He's not a massive forward though. And, and these teams are targeting him. They'll just run at him all day and, and wear him out. And he put a massive shift in, but he's he's not a big man. You need that bit of support then. We're just getting trampled at the moment in the forwards. And I think St. Helens on Sunday is going to be the same thing. Mm. And I think for me as well, they, they didn't. there was no sort of game management for me. 
it was just sort of unable to build pressure. Like you said, weren't much territory. They weren't really complete, complete in sets. They were kicking early or, or coughing the ball up. And it, it all kind of like sort of built to this kind of like panic station towards the end where individuals trying to solve the problem when we all know rugby league, if you if kind of work as a team and moves get created, there's more opportunity to score. And it just felt like it was a bit of panic setting in at the end for me. Yeah, he did do. There was there was a couple of times where the ball had gone out wide. I think Joe Burgess got a couple of half chances and that, and he didn't look ready. He looked like sort of wow, is the ball and and you've got to be switched on. And I think there's a lot of players who weren't concentrating, and I don't know. They just seem the, the mind seemed elsewhere to me, and I, I can't put my finger on that. I mean, we were talking on the train on Sunday saying, "Was it all this off the field stuff that's going on? Is it playing on players' minds?" You don't know. The, the team don't look as confident. I mean, I know you just mentioned there about the game management and the way we played. We miss Mark Sneed. You miss mm. Mark Sneed for getting you around the pitch. There's no doubt about that. But I'm with you there. We we never looked like scoring. We never looked like we were going to score in that game. I don't think we cre- created one opportunity, really. And that's a worry because at the moment, we're a team that's really beat up and we're a team that's really low on confidence. Where's the next win going to come from? Because they, they look a bit lost at the moment. And speaking to Paul Rowley in the press conference and... He sort of said the, the similar sort of thing that he says every week, and we we do look a bit rudderless. Yeah, I think I like say you talked about players being switched on and switched off. It was a cycle. Three tries from them came from us having a good defensive sort of sequence, penalty for us, opportunity at their end, chance came and went. Our heads dropped. We gave away a penalty and then they scored off the back of it. Three times that happened. So you, you can see where the problem is. It's it's kind of like building yourself up to this. is We we are at their end. We don't get there very often. We need to score now. And because we didn't score, everyone's head drops and then Catalan play off the back of it. Yeah, that's it. And you can't allow Catalans, especially in France, and that heat to, to be able to play like that. I mean, they get the the sort of crowd behind them there and, and I'm, I won't be surprised if they didn't lose any games in, in, in France really because they seem to get all the decisions with that partisan crowd behind them they must be tough to beat there but but no you can't allow them to, to run at you like that and they did they, they, they just they just steamrolled us and I, I don't know we look completely disorganised and like I said before I don't think it was a lack of effort because they were they were, they were trying out there but they were just they just couldn't compete with it and no it's it's tough because it doesn't look like there's any other players going to come in. And that's what we need at the moment. I know we've got Brad Singleton who's coming, come haven't we? But we desperately need that now. We desperately need freshening up a bit because all teams get injuries. But when you've got a small squad like what we've got, it's really getting tested. The result's really getting tested, isn't it? And it's, it's tough players are having to put a massive shift in out there and play big minutes. But they're, they, they, they are they are struggling. You can you can see that from the stands. Yeah. Positives, though, for me, I thought Brodie Croft was, was brilliant. Just trying to get things going couple of opportunities, nearly scored, nearly kicked to CO to score in the corner, ball bounced out, made a break, uh, created the, the, the sim binning, I think it was Tompkins got binned for, for holding on. Uh, Ryan Briley clobbered Tompkins, forced an error, but, and the forwards worked hard against a big Catalan pack, but like you said, it's a difficult situation, we're lacking the bodies, Catalan on top of the table, it's, 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 I suppose it's a game which Paul Riley would have in the situation he finds himself in, would have would have scratched it off as a as a loss. Yeah, we'd have been better off uh, not turning up and losing twenty four nil, wouldn't we? <laughs> giving the giving him the game. But no, you you get days like that, don't you? It, it, it's tough sometimes. It's a tough place to go. I mean, just look. I was listening to. We was in the airport on Sunday. Was listening to 
Wakefield and Warrington on the radio. And you know, look at them. They got beat by 40 points. They had the first they had their first choice team out and they got smashed by 40 points at Wakefield. So you do get days like that, don't you? You get bad off days and and Catalans, I think, deserve a lot of credit because they're a good side. And you look at them and you think, yeah, they've got a massive chance of winning that Super League this time because they're the most consistent team in the league. And they've, they've got some good players. They've got a good pack. They're very, very physical. And they've got some real talent in the, in the back line as well. So I think they're going to take some stopping. So I came away from the game. I tell you what, you have to mention the supporters. I thought the supporters were absolutely outstanding. I mean, my, my dad just nudged me at the end and he said, just look at that. What team would come here and lose forty-two nil, and the supporters are just singing their hearts out? You, you wouldn't get that, and I think that that support we've got is is tremendously away following. So that that sort of brightened it up. But but no, I think you've just got to keep positive now. We've got some tough games coming up, and we've just got to attack these games, and hopefully we get some bodies back. Losing Tim Lafayette as well, I know the birth of his, his child and whatever, so he couldn't go. So that was another player that was missing. So um, there's a lot of mitigating circumstance, I think, in that defeat at Catalan. Thoughts, Parker? So last week when, when, we, when we did the, the podcast, I said that I didn't expect anything from this game. I looked at the two squads on paper. There's no comparison. You're going over to the south of France, 30-odd degree heat. We're taking definitely not our strongest squad. Uh, beaten, a bit battered after the last few weeks. I expected nothing. We got nothing. Now, sitting at home, well, sitting at a friend's house, actually, uh, following it on Twitter, and and the, the scores start coming through, and it, it gets to 42. And you, we, we were discussing and saying, it's not good enough, that's rubbish. We can't be getting beat 42, blah, blah. And then I started to read people's sort of tweets and things like that, of, of those that were there, like Paul, and I saw his, his, his bit of video at the end and stuff. And... Obviously, without being there, you don't know. But everybody was still positive about it, about about the result, and it, it made me think. Well, maybe we we just we weren't that bad. We're just not good enough. We're not at that level of of Catalan with that team we've got. And then Paul said it was like a championship team, and it is. A lot of them players, how many players in that team have come from the championship? You got to look at that. Catalan are dealing with with NRL superstars. We're not at that level. There's a point that I want to make about the, the, the penalties and six agains, and it, it comes through being dominated a lot of the time, being on the back, but trying to slow the play down, or you, you, you're keeping your hand in, you're trying to just do some interfering, or you're getting caught offside because you're not getting back quick enough. Because mm. we're losing that battle up front. We're getting pushed back and back and back, and then you've got to try and do something to stop that. The only pr- problem is that generally you'll get, you'll get picked up for it. We, we do need to get... A little bit of beef in the, in the forwards. I don't. I don't suppose it's going to happen too much now, but certainly for next season because that's let us down. However, I I spent the other night. I was I was pretty negative about it all about the, the whole. We we'd had a bad week. Let's not play games. Eh? We all felt a little bit a little bit down, a little bit perhaps cheated out of a out of something. But the more I thought about it, it's been away like say for the last few days. I think. Going over to Catalan, like I say, under them conditions and just putting the effort in, it's a good start. Because once you get the likes of a Watkins, Wright, Sneed, King V, Lafay, people like that in that team, it's a different animal mm. completely. So there are positives, even in a big defeat. And nobody wants to get hammered. Nobody. I'm not, I'm not stupid. But at the same point, sometimes it happens, like Paul said there, I mean, our Warrington fans feeling this week, they've had to get rid of the coach. An experienced and, and a decent coach like Daryl Powell for what's happened, all the money they've spent. We, we're working in 
sort of power land, if you like, sometimes. And we're getting a hell of a lot out of these players, but they're getting drained. They're getting beaten every week. That like Paul mentioned a few weeks ago to me after the game, and I've mentioned it a few times, that the confidence gets knocked out here, the spirit a little bit. So we just need that spark, that one result that could see us through for the end of the year. And who knows? We'll go on to Saints in a bit or whichever's coming up, whatever games are going to come up. That could happen quite easily. And it could turn like that. And everything can seem rosy again, like it did six, eight weeks ago. Mm. So I'm not totally downhearted. Yeah, I don't want to get beat 42 no, by anyone. But if it's going to happen, there, there are circumstances. That, that wasn't the strongest 17 we could put out. And it was a club that I think things that are going on off the pitch will have a little bit of effect on players. There's talk of certain players with contracts and things like that. Looking at renewing or you want to know for certain you're you're guaranteed to get your wages every week and the club's going forward. You don't want to be part of a, a losing squad, a squad that next year might be in the position of Wakefield and Cass now fighting it out to stay. You don't want that. So certain guarantees that make a player feel secure, like we had earlier in the season when we were signing people on long contracts. So I just think we need, need a better look. Sadly, the Leeds game and league game, they could have been the ones. It didn't happen, but I'm still I'm still fairly positive that we can still do something this year if we can get bodies on the park. Yeah, I've got to agree with you there. We want to talk about Powell before. We'll talk about it now. Warrington sack Powell. They go from champions elect to hanging on to playoffs. We go from playoff potential to dropping out of the playoffs, Paul. And there is factors in that. Injuries lack of form, people not being available. Paul Rowley is doing the best job he can do with what he's got at his disposal. We talked about last week, didn't we, Parker, about previous history of our last-minute uh, transfer deadline uh, transfers. Mm. Big moment, this, for me, because he's crying out for some players to come in. And it's whether or not Paul gets his players now for a push for the playoffs or can he weather the storm to get to the end of the season? That's a big question for me. Yeah, we talk about Warrington there. We're only two points behind Warrington. Mm. So we're not far off. And it's funny just discussing them for a the minute because I felt a bit sorry for Daryl Powell, to be honest with you. I, I actually, I was on Radio Merseyside the other, the other day with Phil Kinsella. He asked me to just have a quick chat about Salford. And before I came on, they had um, Warrington's chairman on. Mm. And he'd, Phil got an exclusive interview with him. It was a brilliant interview. And it was really interesting because he asked him the question, whether Powell was the right appointment. And the chairman said, he's a long pause, and he said, no, I don't think he was. And he was talking about all the great players that they've got, and we've got a great team on paper. And it just had me thinking, thinking, well, if you've got all these great players, why is it Daryl Powell's fault then? Because these players need to take responsibility, don't they, and start performing. So I don't think you can compare us, us to them sort of thing, but... That's just another story. I just, just thought I'd add that in there because it just made me laugh, really, the way that the coach always seems to get the blame. So I was a bit surprised when I saw Powell went because they've obviously got a lot of problems. I think their problems are worse than ours, to be honest with you, when you look at the, the way they got gubbed at, at Wakefield. But uh, looking at us, I mean, I can't see any players coming in and, and we're desperate, absolutely desperate for players. It's, it's just one thing I'd like to ask the people at the club if I got the opportunity. Why do we never sign any loan players? We never seem to bring anybody in on loan. And... All these other clubs, I think Wakefield have signed loads of people. Cass have signed about four or five people last couple of days. They brought Blake Austin in today. Why, why aren't Salford? We've just received this this transfer fee for uh, Tyler Dupree. Surely we could use some of that towards getting somebody on loan because, or are we writing this season off? I mean, there's still a great chance this season of making the playoffs and you get 
as well as I do, you get into the playoffs. Look at last season. We weren't really fancied, but we we almost got to the grand final. So I don't know. What's the ambition of the club? What what do we want to do? Do we want to be in Super League or have we not got enough money to be in Super League? So if you're going to be competing in Super League, to me, you've got to go for it. So... Uh, so we'll have to see what happens, but it doesn't look like anybody's going to come in. Yeah, but that's we can't you can't lay the blame um, on Paul Rowley's uh, doorstep for that because for me, no. Rowley's got credit in the bank. Cass and Wakefield are, are, are cut adrift. They're, no, they're not going to catch us. So in in theory, he could be looking at towards the back end of the season, thinking Paul. He could be thinking Parkey. Sorry, we could be thinking. Well, I'll bet I'll, I'll bet a few people in, and we'll we'll build for a bigger bigger, better season next season because we all know the problem. It needs a bigger squad and a better quality of squad to compete for next season and he probably knows that. Yeah, I, I, you're right with Paul Rowley. I think he's a, he's got the safest job in Super League. Yeah. I really do. I think, I think if Paul Rowley got, got the boot by the club, there would be a riot. He's been one of the best things to happen to this club in a long time. He, he's a, He's obviously an excellent coach. He's a great man, a, lo- a, a proper rugby league guy, and he gets the most out of what he's got. And he hasn't got a lot to work with sometimes, mm. but he definitely makes he makes players better, and that for me is what a good coach is. It's easy, it's easy coaching at the top of the league with the best players. It's a lot easier than doing what Paul Rowley's got to do every week when he turns up. He don't know if he's going to have enough players to do a training session. But as as for bringing players in for the end of the season, I, I mean, for me, I said it last week, didn't I? That there's a case of can we afford to bring players in? Well, can we afford not to bring players in? Because we get two more injuries, we're not fielding a squad. Mm. We've already let Sarge go in the year. We let Lannan go. Longstaff's gone. Dupree's gone. I know we brought Singleton in now, but we're down in numbers. We we need bodies. And I think Paul's right with the loan thing. Okay, I've gone out and loaned about another three this week. Because they're saving players for the cup final. I, I, I know it's a mo- there is a money thing, but there must be players there in the championship. Young kids waiting to have a crack. Give them a chance now, on loan. See what they do for the end of the year. They might make a, a big name for themselves. You snap them up, you've got the next Tyler Dupree. I just, I think when, I don't know, unless there is more to it and it is a financial thing, we are in big, bigger stuff than we thought we were, then that'll be explained to, to us eventually. Um but overall, I think if we could get bodies out again, even now, I still think we've got a great chance yeah. of making that top six. We, we've got a, we've got some really good players, really talented players. I mean, the two back rows in, in Wright and Watkins. Uh, for me, when, before Wright got injured, he was one of the form back rows in the league. No doubt yeah. about it. And he was increasing as a, as a player, as an attacking threat as well. Scoring tries, making them half breaks. And obviously, Callum Watkins, for me, is is still as as good as virtually anything we've got in Super League, and I, and I mean that. I, when you take him out of that team, you see the difference. And then you've got your Mark Snead and your, your Timmy Lafayette. And if we click, we're a dangerous side. We just need to get into the playoffs. And Paul's made the point, and I'm going to finish on this: that it's about the ambition. What do we want to achieve this year? Do we want to be a top six side? Even if we make the playoffs and get beat first week, it's progress. IMG are going to look at this and go, Salford have made the playoffs again. They're a good club. They're obviously going places. We finish third bottom now and fade away and Huddersfield finish above us or something like that. Everyone's going to go, same old Salford. Yeah. Don't want that. We don't want that. And next year, whoever stays up between Cass and Waker, there's a chance they might strengthen. They might have an influx of cash from somewhere. I don't know. We don't want to be cut adrift next year. We want to finish in the playoffs and get players interested in playing for us, get more fans in the stadium, get more money in the till. So it's about ambition for me. I'm well behind you there, Parky. I totally agree that it's about the the 
what it looks like. Because if we're not competing in the playoffs, we're all right because we're all fans. We'll go every week. But people who are who are watching it on Grand tonight, Northwest tonight, reading it in the paper, well, so finish second bottom. And then all that hard work over the last two years, three years, whatever, just goes down the, down the toilet because people are thinking, like you said, same old, same old solved. We've got an opportunity to, to take that step. And I know, I know we're tired and I know the players have worked hard. I know we've got a small squad. It just needs that one moment. It needs an injection. And I don't know, I don't know what that injection is. And it's not up to us to make that decision. That's Paul King, Ian Blaise, to make that big decision on what they do in this situation. Uh- I also think at the moment, or now, since the, the money was handed over by, by supporters, I think we're under more pressure than we've ever been mm. from the outside, from people saying, well, you've been given this money. Now, we know it's not wasn't for players and so on, but, but what are we doing with it? How has the club strengthened now? How is it better than it was six months ago? I mean, and these people now are more invested because they're financially invested, and that creates its own pressure. So that that needs to be needs to be sorted we just I think people just need a few answers at the moment and and, and get us get us back on a level where we were like I say six eight weeks ago we were still up here we were still yeah. buzzing still thought we can finish third fourth in the league easily we were chasing Lee down things like that you're thinking well we can still do that you look at the fixtures coming up we've got easy not easy game more own games we've got bigger get you know games that we'll get up for uh, and now with a lot of fans, a lot of people I'm talking to are saying, I'm not going. I'm not go- I'm not bothering the people who won't be going this weekend because of the run they're on. And they, they, they feel a little bit disillusioned. We can't afford that because we've had this peak in interest and we need to keep it up there. And with you again, Parky, superb stuff. Paul, thoughts? I know there's a, I think there's a, a, like a shareholders meeting tomorrow, uh, which will be interesting to see what comes out of that. Yeah, I'm working tomorrow, so I won't be able to go. I know. It's a, a strange, strange time <laughs> to have it, but yeah, it's it's like like we were saying there, it's about the ambition of the club. And I know we, we tend to cry poverty far too much for me, and you've just received a, a record transfer fee, so if we're not going to do anything with this money, what did we sell Tyler Dupree for? Then we might as well have kept hold of him. So we, we need to do something about that. No, we can't keep moaning about money and finances and all that because at the end of the day if you can't afford to be in Super League there's no point in being in that league competing then we've got to get on with it now and stop moaning about it so I don't know whether someone needs to, to come out at the, the club and just say what we're going to do with the money because you can't compete with a, with a small squad like that it, it's, especially when you get injuries and you're going to get injuries because every team does so you put the start of the season it's going to be tough with, with, with that squad so, so let's hope we can bring one or two in for this before this window shuts. It's looking doubtful, though, isn't it? Because when does it close Friday? Yeah. yeah so, so, well, in worst case scenario, let's hope we don't lose any more players because I know after the, the, the Catalans game, it was, I mean, my wife said to me tonight, there's a load of rumours. I've not been on Twitter tonight. As soon as I walked in from work, she was saying there's a load of stuff about players that sort of moving on. So I thought, God, what's happened now? So I've not looked just in case somebody has moved. But, yeah, we don't want to lose any more players now. No. Need about bringing them in. Flogging them off. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see, like you say. Transfer deadline day tomorrow, Friday. So we'll see what comes up. Hopefully we'll get a couple in and we'll we'll, we'll get the spark we need. Uh, Paul, you spoke to Kurt Agetti after the game. This is what he had to say. Coach's Corner. 
Kurt Agatha joins me. That, that was a tough game for you that today. You know, the heat was tremendous. You had a total of one numbers as well coming here. A lot of commitment, a lot of desire shown, but ultimately beating a bit really there, you know, beating bodies. Yeah, so we started not completing very well, but we stayed within Catalan for the first 15, 20 minutes, you know. We kept us pinning our own half and we kept defending really well and showing up for each other. We conceded a couple of tries from kicks. Then after that, we just we get the ball back and we wouldn't complete a set. Then it was always catch up from there. So I thought Catalan were, were very good and very clinical in how they played against us today. They capitalised on our errors. They're not top of the league for nothing now. I mean, a lot has been said about how Catalan have been going this season. It's a tough place to come at the best of times, but in this heat, low on numbers, losing King Bunny Eye. Can you tell us a bit about the King Bunny Eye situation? Uh, Problem at the airport, was it? Yeah, pretty much we got to the airport. The team was checking him. King couldn't, didn't get check, checked in and got sent back to Manchester. So it's probably about as much as I can say, to be honest, with the full detail of it. He's not the kind of guy you can sneak through either, is he? He's pretty, he's pretty uh, big, he's, isn't he? He's he's a, big, so it's not only putting your case yeah. as a. He's a big so, bopper, you can't miss him. So yeah, just going back to this game there's a lot of effort there wasn't as I mentioned before your team spirit's never in question I saw you was on the end of half, half time as well you did the, the team talking a pitch at the end there with Paul Roller what were you saying to the players at the end is it a case of sticking together now absolutely absolutely we're going through some tough moments but we've got to stick together with them they're a very good rugby team but we won't accept performances like that no matter what goes on so we've just got to keep fighting we've got a really good game to go next week at St Helens so we've got something to look forward to playing the champions so it's something that we can certainly build the rest of the season on with that game. One player I mentioned in the press conference, it's come back, James Green, but I, I don't think he's played many games, if, if any, this season so far. He's had quite a, a lot of bad injuries. It was good to get another forward out there, especially being low on numbers in the pack, to get a big forward out there. And he did big minutes as well. Absolutely, yeah, it's great to see Greeny back. He's, he's a very intelligent rugby player, so having somebody who's a bit smarter in there as well, like within the middle, really helps with our younger middles as well. So it was great to see Greeny get some game time and back out the lads. He's a great lad. Is the penalty counts and six agains becoming a bit of a concern? Because every week we seem to get canned in, in that situation. Mate, if I start speaking about that, I'm not sleeping. I get really angry and aggressive. No, so well, but, I'll say on him. but you're the same as me. Do you feel frustrated by yeah, it? Yeah, but if you don't defend tough enough, you, you don't get the decision. So it was as simple as that today. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So St. Helens next week, tough game to play against. It doesn't get any easier, does it at all? No, but your motivation's there as soon as you play. You're playing the champions. Mm. You're playing against a very, very physical team. You've got to, you've got to execute and nail your skill. So. I think we'll see a difference off the team this week. And the final note on the supporters. I mean, you went over to it at the end. Yeah. I mean, I don't know many supporters that hang about 42 nil down and sing their hearts out like they did. So they, they love you guys, don't they? They're pretty incredible, mate, yeah. Since, like, since me and Paul have been at the club, they've been absolutely tremendous through good, bad, ugly. They've been absolutely good, yeah. They're a credit to the club and the lads are hurt because they've let them down as well. I, couldn't, I can guarantee that. Perfect game. Two rounds back next week. Uh, thanks very much for speaking to us and have a safe journey on, mate. Thank you. That was Kurt Agate threatening you, talking about penalty count. Um, obviously talked about the players showing desire, staying in the fight with Catalan uh, and sort of sticking together, but one, one didn't accept that performance, he said. No, no, you're not going to do when you lose 42. Right? I mean, it's a, it's a bad defeat, isn't it? But just going back to the penalties and that, I, th- I thought it was a question that needed asking because it's it's been... Pretty obvious last few weeks now. We've not just lost penalty counts. We've absolutely battered in them, particularly against Leeds and, and Lee and um, and the, the game at Catalan. So there's, there's something not quite right there for me. But I agree with what Parky said. It's it's that desperation, I think, sometimes. When you're struggling, you you are holding on a bit longer. It's a bit like a boxer, isn't it, when he's getting absolutely battered? He'll lean in, won't he? Hold on. I mean, I do it sometimes when getting tanned in sparring. You hold on to someone, don't you? Because 
you're getting bashed about all over the place. So you'll you'll do anything to buy a few seconds and that. So you, you're desperate. So I think that's what we are at the moment. Sometimes in contact, where you're getting swatted off by a bigger forward, you'll hold on a bit longer, won't you? And that's when you tend to give the penalties away, fatigue and that. So so yeah, it, it happens, does it? When you when you're winning matches, you, you're winning penalty counts. Everything's looking rosy and what have you. But at the moment, we're in a bit of a losing run, aren't we? And everything we seem to touch. Turns to mush, doesn't it? And, and that's how that's how sport goes sometimes, doesn't it? Mm. Paul, your box analogy there about hanging onto people and and cuddling them and and trying to sort of make it scruffy, right? But that's that's a positive thing. That's you thinking in the fight. What well, I need to calm this down. All, the brain fart would be booting him in the shin, which is what mm. we're doing. We're giving away silly penalties in certain situations. So I do where you come. I do see where you're coming from, but I like to say it's it's it's, it's game play intelligence really, Parky. That that is what's costing us at the moment for me. Yeah, well, I think I think we all say it every week on the terraces. We're not we're not to name names, but there are certain players who do the same mistakes every week. The same penalties are given away every week by the same players. It. I mean, Paul, well, he must pull his hair off. But what can he do? Can't you got anybody else? You just got to use what you've got, but. It's things like that where you go, why don't you learn? Why don't, why don't you educate yourself on it? Stop making them stupid. That's what separates the good players from the great players. Mm. You know what I mean? They've got that in-game intelligence. They know how to control the game, how to manage a game. But we, my, my problem is, like I say, we're losing the fight up front. We're, we're on our back foot. We're on our heels a little bit. We're dragging players back. We're doing things. And like you say, that's when it becomes, it just becomes scruffy and messy. We're not, we're not actually having an effect on them. We're actually playing into their hands. If you make the tackle first time properly and put the guy down on his back and make him struggle to get up, make the tackle dominant, you, you, you're on the front foot then. Mm. But we're not every time we're ending up on the floor, they're playing the ball before we've got up. Players aren't getting back straight away from it, from a kick or anything like that. We, we're rambling back, taking forever. It, it's things like that, that that just cost you the game. And it's about being switched on, I think. And I know we're tired, I know we're broken, but you're still full-time professional Super League players. There's not many of them about in, in, in this country. You're the elite, so certain players have just got to switch on now, I think. Final thoughts, Paul, probably go to stats. Uh, I think, said it the weekend, I think they've just got to stick together now, the, the team, and, and you just keep fighting. When you get times like this, don't you, when you find out the member and the boys don't want to be so I think for me they've just got to stick together and in, in, in the tide will turn I mean you look at our squad if you put the full side out say everybody's peeling hands now and we're all back fit and we've not got <laughs> any injuries at all no you've got a fully fit squad no, no one's injured that squad is good enough to beat anybody in the league there's no doubt about that you stick Watkins and yeah. right in the back row there King Runny, yeah, you are up front. You've Tim Lafayette back in the centre. You've got Mark Sneed back. A fully fit squad there is good enough to finish in that playoffs. And we proved that at the start of the season. So I think we are going to see players coming back. With a bit of luck, Shane Wright will play again before the end of the season. I hope so. Anyway, he was sat not far away from me at the weekend and he's he's walking about now. He's not got anything on his leg or anything. So he, he does look a lot better. So hopefully he comes back. So I don't think it's a time to panic. I'm sick of seeing these meltdowns every week on, on social media, particularly on, on Saturday again. I mean, it's not the end of the world when we get beat. But these days now, everybody seems to think 
there's got to be somebody accountable. Every time Salford lose a game, I want my money back. I want an apology. I want this. I want that. That's sport. When you sign up, you know, if you want an apology off Salford or your money back every week, well, you're not going to get it. So I've never had it in nearly 30 odd years of watching them. So so I don't get it. So I think supporters just, just calm down a bit and get behind a team. And, and you've got to take the rough of this move as a, as a rugby league. So as a football supporter, rugby league supporter, that's what it's all about. You, you go there and you get beat and you take it on the chin and you move on to next week. These days, everybody just wants to moan about it and want the money back. I, I, I can't get that. That attitude makes it's not me, but but yeah, my advice to supporters and the players and that is stick together and things will get better. Yeah, I suppose fans are invested, aren't they, Parky? And they get frustrated, they get angry that it's not quite what they want to see. But they are only human players. We're in this scenario which we're in as a club. There's sort of a uh, sort of a target or a, an aim which which we really should aim for. But we're not talking about being Super League champions here, are we? Yeah, I, mean, I think sometimes fans get a bit sort of spaced out about what could be achieved. Yeah, I think it's just society these days, instant gratification, isn't it? We got everything seems to be done in seconds. You can be famous in two minutes by just showing your face on Instagram or something. I don't know. But it's that's the society we live in. People just expect things to happen. But we've got to be realistic of where we are and who we are. We are probably the least, we spend the least on a salary cap, probably, in a Super League. We probably have the lowest gates. Maybe Wakefield might be challenging us right now, but they, they have been bottom of the league all year, to be fair to them. Um, so that's, you, you've got to look at where we're coming from, to where we've been and where, where we're actually at. And if we do finish in the top six this year, it's actually, again, a minor miracle. Because yeah. some big teams are going to miss out. Some big spending teams. We could be talking Leeds, Hull, Warrington at the moment are on the slide. Saints aren't comfortable yet. Any of them, Wigan, it could happen to somebody that they're going to miss out. So I think, like Paul said, we just need to, to calm down. I get as fed up as anyone. I have a I have a whinge. I feel awful after we've got beat every single week. I, I get angry at times. I think, why have we not won that? Why has he made that mistake? I'm not going out there to do that. That's not the idea. They haven't gone out there to lose the game. They haven't gone out there to... to do something stupid it's just sometimes fatigue and and, and maybe the level of player you've got that that's where you're at and that's how you you know you just got to handle it and move on i've been supporting solving for a very, a very long time now and i don't remember times being as good as we've had it recently <laughs> and yet there's people tell me this is sometimes this is the worst Salford team or this is the worst result i've ever seen if some of these are the worst results you've ever seen you haven't watched very long because I, I mean, we're going to have to go back to the, like you say, the, the, the late 90s, early 2000s. It was every week, this kind of result. I remember in the late 80s and then in the early 80s. I mean, God, it was awful. But you still went into your team. You still go and watch them. And I'm still watching them now. And I'll still be watching them, hopefully, in 40 years if I'm still around. That's that's what it is. You've just got to accept it. And I know, we, like I say, we all get down. We all get angry. We all have a whinge. Get it out of the way. Get back the next week. But don't expect... To, to win. You can't expect to win games. That's not the way it works. Mm. The team have got to work for it and, and as a club we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. I spent most of the early two thousands drunk. So it, it seemed like yeah. a good a good time really. But I suppose now, because obviously doing RD TV and I'm in the, the press box with everybody, all the people members of the press like they aren't sort of emotionally invested in it. 
Mm. So I don't, I don't have that feeling of like everyone jumping up, going, "Oh, it's going mad!" Because they're just there reporting on it. They have no skin in the game. So I don't, I don't have that sort of anger because there's not, I'm not, there's nothing to feed off. If that makes sense, Parker. Yeah, no, absolutely. I get, I get exactly what you're saying. Me, me, me and my brother, in, certainly in recent weeks, have have left the ground in 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 right whinging state. Yeah. It's lasted most of the week after that. And then you, you still go back the week after. You still go and watch them. But it is, it, I think sometimes it is. I think you get a swell of what's around you as well. Yeah. You know, it's one of them go one player and then you'll start watching that player and you go, why is he doing that? What's You might not have noticed it before. Or recently with me, I've been, I've sort of referees have really wound me up or certain referees. And I, I'm sort of waiting for it. I'm ready for it. Yeah. That he's going to do it. And he does it. You go, ah. I think it's just, yeah, it's just sport. That's the way sport is. Great club, massive clubs, football, rugby, cricket, whatever you watch, have all had bad times. I've all gone through it. Some more than others, but it's just about the ride. That's the way it is. And like you said, I, I, I understand what you're saying, Rob, that sometimes when I go to a game, if I sit away from people, I do feel differently. Mm. And I get a different vibe. And at the end of the game, people will be going off their head about something. And I'll be... But well, that's the way it happened. That was the game. Deal with it. So, yeah, I think you're probably right. You've got something there. That it can be your surroundings that, that are influencing this this anger that people are seeing at the moment. Yeah. Um, but we just need to remember that it's a long season. We've still got plenty of games left. We could still make the top six. And you might look back at this little period and go, oh, maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. We were just a bit unlucky. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Because when, obviously, Paul, you did your, you did your passionate... Uh, Facebook speech to it to to all the all the sofa fans, and I read that and I thought I thought to myself I don't really feel that I thought that was me but like you say you might have nailed it there Parky that detaching yourself from everybody mm. not having that continuous kind of passion everyone's up everyone's around you as as it as it died a little bit inside I mean that's a, that's a weird thing to say really Paul. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just sort of say how I, how I feel sometimes, and just just say it from the heart, don't you? And mm. you know, I, I was a bit emotional at the game at the week because people had travelled a long way, hadn't they? And, and I just they just made me smile the way they were still all cheering. And like I said before, I don't think Wigan or St. Helens or Warrington supporters have been like if they got beat forty two 0 because I think their supporters have got a different mentality to the. To Salford supporters, I mean, I'm not talking about these flybing acts that come on whinging saying that we, we, we're rubbish all the time, these five minute wonders. I'm on about people like us. I think we're, we're that mentality, aren't we? That, yeah, we, we get knocked about a bit, don't we? But you just take it on the chin, don't you, and, and get on. But I just looked at them and they, I don't know, it just made me a bit emotional because I'd had a good time with my daughter and that, and, and, and my dad coming over to, to France. We'd had a good time together. And for me, that's what it's all about. It's, yeah, I want to go and win, but I've always enjoyed that that bond that I've had with my dad over the club and the, and the the days that we've had, and we come away from it. Yeah, we have a bit of a whinge and a post mortem after the game, but we'll go back for more next week because it's an addiction, isn't it? You want more, so and it's this this dream that we've been chasing all these years, and we're still chasing it now. So yeah, that that's how I look at look at rugby league, and that's how I've always looked at it. So so yeah, I just get frustrated when I I see people. Asking for their money back and things like that, and you'd know, never do that, would you? It's an apology off the club. I've seen a few of them recently this season. And, nice, they players, aren't they? Have you ever been to work and had a bad day? You, you, you do, don't you? So 
I don't know. It's hard to put into words sometimes what you, how you feel, but no, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was good. It was good though. I, you know, it showed your, your your passion and commitment, and it was like a, a rallying car, wasn't it, Parky? That's what it is. What it's all about. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. I used to I used to put a, a rant on uh, on the Scarlet Turkey back in the day, or a rallying call and that kind of thing. So just get the fans behind the club, and it's not all bad. It's our club. We've we've got to defend it, and. I sent a message to you guys during the week, didn't I, about it. So people say, oh, why do you watch them? They're, they're not very good or whatever language they want to choose to use. And they go, yeah, but they're, they're, they're mine, not very good. Yeah. yeah. Mine. And that's what it's about. And and that's how we all feel. And that, at the end, of seeing them scenes that, that Paul was talking about in Catalan, seeing the, the, the crowd still singing. And you can see it in the players, what it meant to sort of say, thank you. Because they're hurting. They didn't want to get beat 42-0 in that heat. They didn't want to travel over there and get hammered. It's not what they're about. They look at the fans and go, thank you. We will. We are trying. We will get there. But at the moment, we're struggling. And that that is, like Paul said, I think that's a mentality of Salford fans. I think most Salford fans, we know it, it's little old Salford and we've got to fight for everything. But we're, we'll do it together. There's no point being factions and, and anything else. There's not many of us a lot of the time, so let's just stick together, get behind, get behind the boys every week, and and we just got to take these knocks. Yeah, nice little counselling session uh, for for us. That's that's good stuff. Stats: top, top tacklers: Jack Ormondroyd nineteen, Andy Acker twenty six, Andrew Dixon thirty one, Sam Stone twenty seven, Oliver Partington forty, Alex Gerrard thirty, Ben Elliwell forty. Paul. Yeah, I thought Ben Elliwell, as I mentioned before, put put big shift, and he's not he's not the biggest guy in the world, is he? And, Boy, he does. He, he puts it in, and I thought he was tremendous in that game. He really did work his socks off. And I thought another player you probably mentioned shortly. I, I thought he had his best game for Salford. It was weird, really. Come away from the game thinking, oh, he had a great game, but we did score a point with Brodie Croft. Yeah, I thought he was outstanding. He made about three or four breaks, like he did last season. He was dead elusive, but we just we just didn't have the nous to finish his, his breaks off, really. But um, I thought he was he was spot on. And for me, he does a bit too much of the dirty work. Well, he does too much tackling, really. He shouldn't be doing that. He should be doing more more creative stuff. But he has to do. He has to muck in and do that. But no, I thought Ben Elliwell was good. I thought Gerard. Uh, I thought Alex Gerard worked really hard, and it's good to see him working hard because he's he's had these problems with his knees. And another player I thought deserved to mention was was James Greenwood because he's been out for so long. I mean, I'm sure he's in his fourth season at Salford now, and I don't think he's played that many games in that four years. Has he played twenty matches in four seasons? I bet he hasn't. So it was good to see him back because it must be frustrating when you're on the sideline all the time. So, and he's a, he's a nice bloke as well, and he's a talented player. So let's hope that fingers crossed for him now he gets a good run of matches. Yeah, top meter makers: Brody Croft, 151; Oliver Partington, 54; Ben Helliwell, 53; and Co Burgess and Cross all made over 80. But like we talk about in previous podcasts, Parker they catch the ball on the fifth tackle and have 15 yards to run into. Yeah, our problem with it with the meters every every single week is is forwards, isn't it? Making them big meters. That's what we, that's where we need them to be, getting us up the park. But when you've done that much defending, sometimes you've got nothing left. You mentioned there a couple of players doing over forty tackles or whatever. It's, that's not that, that's not great. You want your players to do if your forwards are doing twenty odd tackles each, that leaves plenty in the tank for going forward. You get into the forties, it's all right to have one player. We used to have a, like an Alka or like a hole who got Danny Houghton and people like that. You always get a, a, mainly a hooker who'll just do 
50 odd tackles or something like that, that's fine. But it's the other players then that you're relieving the, of that duty. We've got a problem there, in, and we have had for two or three seasons now in going forward. But I mean, I've, I've got the stats here of Brody Croft from this week, and it, I mean, it's incredible. He's done the job of forwards and the halfback mm. on his own. He's done more than certain forwards, and that's 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 unacceptable. We can't have that because the quality of people are saying, "Oh, Brody's not been the same player this year." Maybe because he hasn't got the same players working around him, setting up a platform for him, giving him that space to work in him and Mark Sneed. If you're playing behind a beaten pack every week, I don't care if you're Wally Lewis, you're gonna struggle. You know what I mean, and that's it's happened again this week. And then you see Brody taking the taking the ball by the horn, so to speak. You should say that, Callum. Should be the run on the pitch, <laughs> um, but he's. He, he's still got it in him and I just hope that we we can give him a bit of help now uh, and hopefully Brad Singleton coming in as well might give us a bit more mongrel and a bit more go forward um, but yeah he's, he, he's just we look tired and that's probably because of all the defending we're doing yeah average gains Broadcroft 7 Joel Burgess 7 Sam Stone 7 James Greenwood 9 so yeah like you say we like to get near 8 7, 8, 9 as a as an idea, Paul. Yeah, that, I mean the stats won't make good reading when you get beat forty-two 0 will they? So no. it's uh, it's, a, it's a tough one really to go through. But yeah, I think there's there's certain players who are probably not playing as well as they were last season, is there? That we all knew we're talking about, particularly in the forwards, and and I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it. And there's that lack of confidence at the moment. But it's the million dollar question of of how you get that back. So uh, you get it back by winning matches, don't you? But Somebody said to me at the weekend about the back line. Oh, they've got a great back line, Salford. And I can't believe they got beat 42 0. But my answer to that is you can have all the best backs in the world, but you can't just rely on backs. Your forwards have got to get you up the pitch. You can't sort of play 20 yards from your own line. You need a pl- your platform's got to be built by your forwards. And that's not been the case. It's not been the case in the last four or five weeks. It wasn't the case at the OKR game. And that, that match at OKR in the Cup, I think that took a lot out of us. I think it took a lot out of our confidence away, that losing that game. And quarterfinals of the Cup, it's a big, big loss, that. And uh, we've not got over that yet for me. And we need to book this trend. We really do. We need a win from somewhere because it's it's a downward spiral when you're getting beat. Mm. So that's the chat. And now we'll see what all the, the news is. So we'll start. Transfer window shuts on the fourth. Uh, Parker, um, Brad Sinclair's come in. Ellis Longstaff and Tyler Derpy out, hoping that we might get at least one in. We talked mm. about it previously on this podcast. There was talk. I don't. We know we don't know. We do rumours, do we? But on Twitter, James Romu Roma was 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 linked to us. Parker. Yeah. He's, he, we don't know a lot about him because he's he's only actually had, I think, one first-grade game. But I know he's played several times for Lebanon as an international. Mm. Um, but he's only young. He's only 23, 24. And I've, I've, I've sent a message tonight saying that we, we if we did get him, we, we had a bit of luck with unknown overseas players in the past. So it doesn't mean anything. Some of these players in, in Australia are good enough to play Super League and just don't get a chance. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, if it happens, it happens. I know there's us and a couple of clubs are thinking for the for the guy. So he's obviously 
if, if other teams want him as well, you, you don't know. He could he could be all right. But yeah, we, we need we need we need numbers. Mm. We desperately need numbers. So it'd be nice to have a, another body come in and just just in case, more than anything. If you get an injury, but if you get players back and you've got an extra body as well, it just in, improves the, the your squad and, and the level that other players have to play at, otherwise you're out of the team. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. It'd be nice to get a couple in, I think, but I don't think we will. But we have done well, like we said last week, at, in bringing players in at the last minute. I mean, I remember a lad called Jackson somebody or other. He, yeah. he seems to be all right. I can't, I can't remember him. People like that. So you don't know. But it's that boost at the back end of the season as well. A fresh face, fresh body. Somebody with an attitude that, that hasn't been beaten every week. Or he hasn't been getting beat. He's coming in fresh. and it, You might just give it, the club a lift. So... It'd be interesting to see. We've got sort of less than 24 hours now to get this deal done, if it is going to be done. And 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 I think it's, it's desperate what we need. I'm sure Paul Rowling must be pulling his hair out. Final transfer thought, Paul? I'd like to see somebody come in, Rob, because we mentioned before, didn't we? Like I said, Ryan Lannan left and Dan Sargent and we had him leaving the club and Dupree's gone, Longstaff's gone back. I know we've had Singleton come in, but... We're low on numbers, aren't we? So I'd like to see somebody come in, but but it's got to be the right person. You know, it's wanted to sign anybody willing the other day, but if there's nobody available, there's nobody available. But I always find it a bit strange how we never seem to sign loan players anymore. But we'll have to watch his speak. <coughs> Excuse me. Hey, <laughs> Is it Penny? Penny, give it to give it to Paul Rowley. Might get some. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Fun things, actually. That penny just sneezed up there, Paul. You could use it in the fairground. That's going to be at the the Salford City Stadium on Sunday to celebrate our hundred and fiftieth birthday, and lots of stuff for the kids to 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 get on there. Good fun. Yeah, I'm expecting it to be another carnival day. I mean, we was thinking the other day about the last sort of three home games. We've had some great crowds, haven't we? And Wigan, Lee, and Leeds. They've been really good days, haven't they? I think they were all over six thousand supporters there, and. Really exciting, lots of stuff going outside the ground. I think this this game's going to be the same, isn't it? I would expect that. So, and it's the champions are in town as well. You've got the 150 birthday celebration going on. You've got a lot of ex players turning up as well. So, it should be a really really exciting day. So, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, talking about ex players, Parker, uh, Bill Sheffield, Steve Nash, Morris Richards, Phil Fletcher. Oh, sorry, Paul Fletcher, Paul O'Neill, Paul Southern, Paul Farber, Paul Charlton, Paul Hayton. All coming uh, to the game on Sunday. Oh, Paul's. I wonder if Paul oh. Carriage will make Paul Carriage make an appearance. Um, <laughs> no, it's brilliant. I, I mean, I, I love it. I, you know, I'm, I'm like I, I, the older the top players. I, I'd love to see him. Great to see Stevie Nash. But I mean, I only, I only caught him at his at the back end of his career, but he's still a, still a great player. But some some legends. I mean, Paul Charlton's coming over from from Oz to be part of this. I mean. If you if you mention Salford team to anybody in the city, really, you walk in a pub and say your name any Salford players, Paul Charlton's name wouldn't be far off the top of the list. Mm. What, what an absolute legend. I can't wait to see him. Paul Forber, a man who just entertained us, didn't it, Buffer? Yeah, I, what a special guy he is. So it'd be great to see these players before before the game or half-time or whatever. But, um, yeah, nice sort of to, to, to relive some memories. Uh, and I hope they have a good day. And it, I know Paul King mentioned a few weeks ago at the, uh, the, the 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 film night that each each player can get 
two tickets to a game whenever they want. And hopefully that message will get across and we might see a few more coming back. But I know I know certain people, I'm not going to mention any names, have worked very hard at getting these players to the club this week and, and must have a massive phone bill. But uh, no, I can't wait to see him. It should be fun on the whole day. I think the weather might be actually okay-ish as well, so that'd be nice. Yeah, I bet his name was Paul. Oddly enough, yeah. <laughs> well, think about it. You had Paul King, Paul Trainer, Paul Rowley, Paul Parkin, Paul Whiteside. Might as well just rename Salford RLFC to Paul F. Paul RLFC Paul. He's Shane. He's not coming, isn't he? Paulie Paulie. Yeah, no, and you got you nearly got Flecker's name wrong there. He'll be coming after you. Yeah, Call him Phil Fletcher. Yeah, Paul Fletcher, will have you. <laughs> no, it should be a great day. Yeah, it should be really, really exciting. And uh, I, I was talking to Darren Rogers phoned me up today. I was just on my dinner at work, and Darren Rogers phoned me and said uh, he's panicking about who was going. He said, "Oh, Paulie said, uh, is there any players going that I played with? I'm just worried because I'm going on my own now." I said, "There were plenty of players there, so I think he was panicking a bit, but." The excitement of him phoning me, I was starstruck. I thought, blimey, this is a player that I used to watch in the 90s and he's phoning me up asking me about this. So so I know he's really excited. So I think it's going to be great. I think one thing for me that needs to happen after this is something needs to be done every year. They need We need to have a players. I go to the Rochdale Arnish reunion every year. I told you before, it's a great night. I go with one of my friends who, who used to play for him and he just gets me a ticket and texts me along. We have a, like a free course meal, comedian. All the players get together. Some supporters go... And it's brilliant to see the, the ex-players all back together. And I'd love to Salford to do that once a year, maybe before the start of the season, get everyone all in the same room. You can even do it at the stadium. So, so yeah, if a couple of ex-players fancy getting involved with that, I'll give you a lift, no problem. But I think it's something that the club definitely need to do. Yeah, he's just like, he keeps dropping these names in Nottingham Park. Oh, I just spoke to, to Darren Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's not a bad life, is it? No. <laughs> so other things you can do you can do a bit of zorbing which is which is good big inflatable ball bouncing into each other VXD have a shop as well Parker so opportunity to, to look for some merch yeah yeah and I believe if you spend over 50 quid you get a free baseball cap does that yeah so I think I've seen that today so go and treat the kids I don't know I mean we, we complain a lot that we don't have a shot, but we're going to have a shot and there's a game on. So there's no, you're not going out of your way for it. Get down there and go pick up a few bits. I mean, and we, we mentioned it the other week, last week, I think it was. This this year's collection of shirts have been brilliant. Mm. And then obviously we had the, the St. Anne's uh, t-shirt that came out last week. And we've had the, the Armed Forces one. We've got the Ghana stuff. I, the gear we've got now is the best we've had in, well, probably ever, to be fair. So, uh, yeah, it's good. it'll be good to see them there. I hope, I hope we flog a bit of gear. Yeah, just think. Well, if you were on commission grabbing all these paws to come to the match, you'd probably get yourself a shirt. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> <laughs> Popular name, Paul, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I it's not these days. I'm not, I can't remember the last kid I heard called Paul. That you've got to be a certain age to be called Paul. I'll be involved in <laughs> South Africa, let's see. Yeah, I'll point. be involved in rugby league, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exciting times. Looking forward to it. I'm sure there'll be more from the club uh, nearer the time about what to look forward to. Other things that are happening, Lance Todd Trophy dinner, 15th of August in 235 Casino. Um, Paul, you've been to a few of them. Always a good night. Yeah, it was a great night. It's great to see you as soon as you walk in. 
the last one I went to, the Marriott, you see people like Malcolm Reilly, Brian Lockwood, people like that, they're like stars of the game, and you're stood rubbing shoulders with them. But there's a fair chance this season it could go to a player who's played for Salford, I suppose, couldn't it? There's one or two in that Lee side who've played for us. I'm not sure about OKR, but they get any ex-Salford players. They could, could go to an ex-Salford player again this season. Mm. And it's great, just while we're on it, it's great that we've got... I think Lee and Hawkinson Rovers at Wembley. I think yeah, I watched the two semi-finals and two cracking matches. I don't think I was I was on last week, was I? So I didn't I didn't no. get to chat about them. But two great games, and I was really pleased for both those clubs to to get through. And uh, yeah, it should be it should be a great cup final. Yeah, and if you want a ticket, contact John Blackburn at SalfordCC.ac.uk. Such a big event, parking world renowned. If you can get down there, you've got the juice for it. Go treat yourself. Yeah, yeah, just thinking then. I think Sam Luckley, okay, uh, yeah, he, he, could, he could dominate in a final. I think, I think, just saying that actually, Paul, I think them two teams could revitalize the cup. He's yeah. been the same faces every year for God knows how long. And I've said for ages, I said it'd be nice if a Salford and a Wakefield got there. And that was, that was my kind of thing. All right, it's not quite, but I know okay, I were there not that long ago. They, they got a bit of a got a bit of a spanking, didn't they, off Leeds a few years back, but. Lee getting there, things it's great for the game. As much as I'm jealous, really jealous, believe me. I, I think it's brilliant. I think hopefully a massive turnout because the crowds have been dwindling and people saying, "Oh, the cup's lost its charm," and should we take it away from Wembley and all that? Absolute nonsense. It's Wembley's where it belongs since got nineteen twenty odd, and that's where it's going to stay, hopefully. And and it just needs a bit of fresh face because if you've been a few times, you've gone five years on a bounce or something like that. You might not want to go to the next one, especially if your team's probably going to make the grand final as well. We can't afford to do everything. So I think it's brilliant that both of them two teams have got there. And, and going on about Lalance Todd, I mean, we went to that, I went to that video on the night, and obviously Shane uh, Hansen, Mike Burke, Paul Sullivan were there, but, but Andy Gregory was there. And I still got weak at the knees. You know what I mean? So you get to mingle with people like that. And absolute legends of the game. Remember when I went to one once at, at the Willows? Lance Todd and, and Jim Mills was there, and I'm just stood next. To, I'm stood next to Jim Mills, and I'm like, "Oh my God, that's that's Jim Mills! Eh? What an absolute legend!" So it's a great night if you can make it. It really is, and it's it's just your jaw drops. And these days, obviously, you've got the modern heroes who will be there, the players who've won it in the last 10, 15 years. Faces you might have forgotten about, but but real, you've got to be you'll be half decent to win that trophy, and it's. Obviously, it's connecting at Salford. It's very special. Yeah. So, get yourselves down if you can. Final bit of news. The Rugby World Cup will be held in the Southern Hemisphere in 2026. Ten men's teams, eight women's teams, eight wheelchairs teams. Paul, down from 16 in the last World Cup. We know we're all about the French deciding not to do it. Um, so, it's a boost that the World Cup is back again in 2026. Yeah, I tell you what, I wouldn't mind going to it. I wouldn't mind going to that. Uh, I've always fancied going up to Australia and Southern Hemisphere and that, watching rugby league and cricket. So, well, it'd, be, it'd be nice to have to start doing some overtime and save up for it. But, uh, <laughs> no, that's that's great. It's, it's, it's something to look forward to, that, isn't it, in the World Cup? I mean, the last one was a really good one. It was disappointing that we didn't get to the final and what have you, but uh, it was a really enjoyable tournament, wasn't it? And obviously, the wheelchair tournament, I think, captured everybody's imagination, didn't it? And everybody really, really enjoyed that. So, I think this is this is something for the players to aim for now, isn't it? And I'm sure they'll be, they'll be busting their gut to get there and get on that plane and get over there. So, I don't think the dates and that have been announced and things like that. Yeah, they're the details, but sure it will be soon. And 
But the World Cup's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, it's like the Ashes as well. I'd love to see that back, but probably won't for a while because of the logistics of things. But the World Cup, the next best thing for me, it's International Rugby League, is is the pinnacle, isn't it? And we want to see more and more of it. Yeah, I'm sure it's more Bruce's and Sheila's in in, in Australia, Paul. But I wish you'd look in recruiting more Pauls in Australia. <laughs> um, t- <laughs> talking about um, the World Cup. Uh, Parker, uh, obviously down from 16 teams in the last one, um, which is a bit of a bit of a down for me. But positive thing in 2028, the Women's World Cup will be a standalone competition, uh, which shows how much that game has grown. Oh, absolutely, it's it's massive. Isn't it? I've been watching it recently. There's been a few games on Sky, hasn't it? It's, I mean, the quality's far above where it was even a couple of years back. So, doesn't surprise me. As, as for the Men's World Cup being 10 teams, it does disappoint me that we haven't progressed. But I understand that we want to see competitive games. You don't want to see a World Cup where someone gets beat 100-0 or something. Although they do that in Rugby Union and nobody cares. You can do it in a football World Cup. You get beat. Was it England beat someone 7-0 the other year? Panama, was it? They've got to the World Cup. Give them some credit. They are playing against massive teams. And it's a shame because we see, we see, we see Lebanon and, and Greece in the last World Cup coming on and and, and we want that we need that to develop and if we're only going to have the same 10 teams of, uh, that we've had for years it seems like the game's going backwards again mm. and we need we need the international game to be like Paul said they're the pinnacle of what we do um, so it's a little bit disappointing and I understand that there's obviously financial obligations as well but I think from the last World Cup we should have built straight away we didn't do anything we didn't come off the back of it with any any plan or anything, but we should be we should be building now. We should be internationals now. It should be a European competition, and, and moving on a proper competition, or not where three teams play each other or something stupid like that. Should, should all, all the nations there having a go? And whatever level you're at, that's that's the level you're at. That's how it works in every other sport. Why rugby league thinks it's special that you can't have teams trying to get in? I don't know. It baffles me, but I'm just delighted it's been it's been settled and we have we are going to have a World Cup at some point. Yeah. And then Ashes 2025, where men and women uh, travel to Australia, which is which is great. I would prefer to Great Britain. I think that would be more of an iconic thing. But going to England, both with the men and the women, would be a historic moment, Paul. Yeah, he certainly would. He certainly would. And uh, No, it's, it'll soon be here, that and all, won't it? It'll soon come round. And the players have got to aim for that now. That's got to be their target, hasn't it? And uh, I'm sure it'll be a great tournament. The World Cup is fantastic. It always is. And now with the women's as well and the, and the, the men's and the wheelchair, it's, I thought it was great. It was a real celebration, wasn't it? The, the last one we had over here, and I'm sure this one will be, be just as good. You look at Australia, some of the facilities they've got over there and that sort of neck of the woods, I presume that's what it's going to be, Australia, New Zealand. Some fantastic stadiums. The weather's always pretty reliable as well, isn't it? And it's just, oh, it, just it just sounds great, doesn't it, that? Rugby league and the sea and the beach and all that. Oh, it's got me, uh, it's got me uh, excited now. That looking out the window, it's peeing it now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all the news. And now we'll look forward to the Saints game on Sunday. It's time for the devil of the So, so for the Devils are at home to St. Ellen's, their 150th birthday party at the Salford City Stadium. Coming off a few defeats, but special day, special game, Parker. 
yeah, big game against the champions, a team that's they're a little bit battered and broken. They've lost players, suspension and injuries. I think uh, I think Hurrell's out now. I think he's got took a knock. I don't think he's going to be available for him. They've lost. I think they lost four or five forwards. I mean, still Saints. They're still they're still good enough to beat anyone on the day, aren't they? They're not world champions for nothing. But I think it levels the playing field a little bit. And if we can get perhaps the, the players that missed last week, certainly Sneed, Lafayne and King it back into that team, that, that gives us a massive chance. Singleton should hopefully come in and make his, his debut. That'll give us a boost. Anyone else who we might drop in if, we, if we, we've won the lottery overnight or something. But yeah, I think it's going to be, I actually think it's going to be a great game. I do. I think, I think the Saints are having a bit of a tough time. Them injuries that they sustained in the Cup will set them back a little bit. They're still, like I say, still great. I watched them last week. They just got game winners everywhere. But they came they came to our gaff uh, last year and we, we put a number on them, didn't we? We, we absolutely battered them. We've we played well again. We've had some decent battles in recent years with them. Really, have them blowouts that we were getting five, ten years ago. They, they seem to have gone a little bit. So... I'm quite optimistic, to be honest. I don't know why. I don't know what's come over me. I don't know if it's the fact we've had a bit of sunshine this afternoon. But, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And I think the day all in, the whole sort of celebration and, and seeing the ex-players, and I think it might lift the crowd and give us a bit of a boost. And I know for you guys who've been to, to Perpignan, with that atmosphere and, and all the singing, I hope you bring that back with you. And let's get behind the boys. Yeah. Been an up and down season for Saints. Uh, Paul won the Club World Championship. Had a bit of a dip in form, started to rise a bit again. It's going to be a tough game. Obviously, Saints are a good team. They've got lots of uh, lots of good players in that, in that squad. Yeah, we we could do a lot in that. That's the Arthur off Lee, couldn't we? He did a good number on sales <laughs> the other week. But, <laughs> no, um, yeah, they, they seem to have turned the corner a bit, don't they? I mean, they're still showing them vulnerable signs, aren't they? I mean, they, they beat... Um, I think they beat Hull in the Cup, didn't they? Or, or was it the league game? They got absolutely battered at Hull, didn't they, in one of the games? Anyway, about 30 points. And I know they got beat against Catalan the other week. So they have shown a vulnerable sign a few times. I don't think they've been as clinical as what they have been in previous seasons. So I was a bit, not myth, but the other week, I know Paul Wellens came out, didn't he? And I go at that Asiata at Lee. And looking at that, I thought it was a bit out of order, really, naming a player in public like that. And I think he's under pressure. And I think that's why he probably did it, take a bit of the flack off his own team after after losing in that semi-final. So there's pressure on them now this season because their chairman will want them to win that Super League. They're not going to want to go through the season and not win anything. So uh, I know they've won the World Club Challenge, but they want to win the Super League. So they're going to be coming for us on, on, on Sunday. And we've just said there they've got a few players out, but they've still got plenty of quality in that squad, haven't they? And plenty of quality in that back line as well, match-winning players, international players. So they're going to start favourites, I would have thought. But... Hopefully we'll have one or two back. Tim Lafayette back. Matt Sneed, I'm not so sure. King Bunny will definitely be back. He'll be be fit and ready to go, won't we? After his plane ride back to Manchester on his own. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm up to. I think it'll be a tight game. I don't think it'll be a blowaway game. I think it'll be a tight game, and uh, it's one that we need to bounce back in. And for the record, we've won this match, this fixture, three years running. So they've not um, they've won, not won us over for four years so that's that's quite a good start that actually I was amazed when I saw that score prediction Parker I think I'm probably going to surprise myself oh I'm I'm going to go for a home win oh I, just because I think we get the players back and I think the, what happened last week might have gelled over the last two weeks it might have gelled the team together a little bit and might have made them 
a better, stronger unit. I think it'd be close. I'm going to go 22-18. 22-18. Thoughts, Paul? Yeah, well, I'm not going to back against them. Uh, I'll go with a Salford win. I think it's going to be a tight one, though. I think it'll be a tight win. And I think we might beat them by a drop goal. Huh? I think for once, we'll get the, the one-pointer against them. I'm going to go Salford 23, St. Helens 22. Okay, so I'm going to go, similar to last season, I'm going to, I'm going to suddenly f start finding uh, flair again, play exciting rugby, all this doom and mongering washed away in 80 minutes of, of scintillating Salford Rugby League. So I'm going to go Salford... 40 Saints 8 Parker I don't know what to say yeah I, I mean as much as I'd love it I'm not sure I'm not sure we're capable of that at the moment I think I think we need I think what we need for our season I mean winning by 40 points would be absolutely unbelievable but I think we need one of them scruffy lucky wins mm. missed out against Lee and Leeds in two games that we should have won or could have won, but they, they got the, the scruffy, lucky win. I think we need that, and that might just turn our season a little bit again. But it's going to be it's going to be a, a fascinating contest, I think. Two, two teams that, can, on the day, can throw the ball about and really entertain. And if it, if it does stay dry, who knows? It could, it could be a point fest. I'm not sure how far I was off last week, by the way. I can't remember what I said, but I'm sure, I'm sure I went for Catalan by quite a lot. So I'd have to look back at that. But yeah, no, I think it'll be maybe a great game. And like Paul said, I mean Saints, they've got they've got stars all over the place, haven't they? They've got injuries, but they'll just bring more in. They've got lads in their academy that we'd love to have. So yeah, it should be a good game. Uh like I say, I hope the weather stays dry and I hope the, the ex players have a good day as well. Yeah. I've got a note here that the ladies play Bradford on Sunday. But I've no not seen a confirmation from the club yet. So, I'm sure if you don't hear anything, it's not happened. I'm sure somebody will say something if it is happening, Paul. Yeah, it was in the League Express that fixture, right? So uh, I don't, I don't know. But what did you say? Forty points to eight. Yeah. Paul Chartland and Steve Nash, they're, they're not playing. On, on <laughs> they're only coming to watch. <laughs> <laughs> they were playing. Yeah, but. We, we we know obviously with the transfer window uh, closing. I think the only, the only way the only thing that makes you happy would they bring a Paul in? Hey, what what Paul could they bring in? It's a good question. From any, if we could have any Paul in the world from the NRL or Super League, what Paul could we have? <sighs> oh, I, can't, I can't think. Go on off the top of my head. We'll have to think. We'll have to you think, think about it. Yeah. Current player. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. About. Not many Pauls about, is there? No. No. I think well, plenty of past, but. Paul Shaw. Paul. Green. Yeah. He's a coach then. <laughs> anyway, right. So that's the end of this week's podcast, Parky. Another great show. A uh, bit of counselling for everybody after a turbulent couple of weeks. Yeah, I'd like to see what comes out of this. Uh, this share meeting tomorrow so if there's any news get deadline day out of the way 
Saturday, we can all sit down, breathe a sigh of relief, hopefully, and look forward to Sunday with a bit of optimism mm. and uh, and the rest of the season. But like like we've just been saying, it's not easy being a Salford fan. It never has been and it never will be. But just get behind the boys. They are they are trying. We're at a level that we that we're at and that's it. There's nothing you can do about it. So get behind them and let, let's just hope for the best. Yeah, I want to say a massive thanks to all our listeners uh, donating via the Kofi helps us produce this podcast and fund all the programmes that help us uh, produce this fine show that we're all listening to and enjoying being in, Paul. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, yeah, like Parker said, just get behind the team and if you're not willing to do that, go and collect stamps or something because it's not for you watching Zolford, is it? Because we're not get, nothing's guaranteed, so... So take the rough with us moving and, and enjoy the ride. Yeah. So big thanks for joining us on this Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, fans on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD, fans on Twitter at the ITDSRD, and your fans on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. Good luck, Reds. We'll see you soon. <laughs>